Welcome to the Writer's Hour, where we have creative conversations with up-and-coming authors on their latest books. This is the place to be if you wish to get a preview of new books that are available for the voracious bibliophile, as well as the story behind the story for the voyeur who wishes a peek behind the creative curtain. Here's your host, Janine Bolin. Hello and welcome to the Writer's Hour Creative Conversations. This is Janine Bolin and today I'm very excited that I have David Jens, this lovely Australian man who has gotten up early so that he could be on this show for us. I like to refer to David as my man of the future, but he <laughs> just because we got to love Australia for that, for that alone here in the Northern Hemisphere. But I wanted to describe a little bit about David's entrepreneurial journey and how it began in his early 20s when he sold Australia's most beloved sport venue, the Melbourne Cricket Ground. And since then, his business experience has spanned from franchising retail clothing stores to founding one of Australia's most trusted digital agencies, Melbourne SEO Services. In 2016, he successfully systemized himself right out of business. Yes, you heard that correctly. He hired a CEO, stepped back from the daily operations of his business, and through this process, he became a systems devotee and he founded Systemology. That also happens to be the title of the book that he and I will be talking about. He has several books, and we're going to be pulling information from a lot of those. So today, his mission is to free all business owners worldwide from the daily operations of running their businesses. Now, you may be saying, but Janine, I'm an author, or I'm just trying to write a book. Hello, the same processes that we use as business owners to step back from the day-to-day grind also works for authors who are desperately trying to get their book done and suffer from the day-to-day demands in their life. So trust me, David has stuff he can help you with as well as help you support your time. And systemology is what he uses. So he delivers workshops, keynote addresses, hosts his own popular podcast. Do take a listen to this. It's called Business Processes Simplified. Trust me, you want to listen to what this guy has to say on those podcasts as well. So thank you for being with us today, David. Wow, what a tremendous introduction. Thank you. I'm yeah, very looking forward to the call. Yeah, and, me um, too. I, I think you're right. You, I mean, on that intro, you hit the nail on the head, which is, there are certain things that authors need to do. They need to have space to be able to write. And most of them, particularly if you're a business owner, you don't have much free time. Like you're caught up doing day-to-days. There's a never-ending to-do list. And writing a book seems important, but it's very rarely urgent. So um, by systemizing that, that really creates the space. And systems is about creating space so you can then work on the things that are most important, like writing a book that only you can do. Right. And one of the things I'd like to share with people is the fact that when it comes to your book, if you've had any kind of a calling or if you've ever had that heart tug, heartstrings get tugged about, you know, I really need to write a book about this, you need to write it. And then if you don't mind, David, talk to us about the book, uh, the authority content. Help me out. What was the name of that book? Well, that that was my first book, Authority Content. And when I had the digital agency, I always think about uh, books as a perfect method for promoting and launching a business because it's a great way for you to capture your thinking, crystallize it, uh, present to the world, hey, here's what we do, how we do it, what my philosophies are. 
Um, so whenever I think about any businesses, and that's why I've written a couple of books, because any new business that I launch, I think, well, what's the book here that can really capture my key ideas and then something that I can give to prospects and people that I'm chatting with to kind of go, want to find out a little bit more. So the first book that I wrote was authority content, and that was for the digital agency. And it was this idea of how do you build up authority for you uh, and make your business uh, obviously the the go-to expert uh, and, and business in that the industry leader in your space. And if you're sitting there as an author of a fictional book and you're like, I have no idea how this applies to me, please realize, use your name. So John Smith or Jane Smith, LLC, you are the business. You're an author, therefore, a.k.a business. So we like to talk about books as authors, but believe it or not, your book is your business. And then you're not going to write just one. How many people have we had on the writer's hour who said, yeah, I wrote the first book. I thought it was done. Pop, pop, pop. Done with that book. We're moving on. And yet they had to write several more after that. So talk to us a little bit, if you don't mind, David, about how did you carve out time? Because when you were working at that digital mm -hmm. agency, it wasn't like you were sitting on your rump, not doing anything, going, oh, let's figure out what we're going to write about, shall we? You were, yeah. What were you doing? I mean, how did you do that? I, I um, read a few sort of posts and watched some videos and people are like, oh, every morning, wake up, devote an hour, find the time to write every single morning, regardless of whether or not you feel like writing or not and write for the waste um, paper basket and just, you know, just write as though you're going to throw it out just, just to get in the motions of writing. And that might work for some people, but it just didn't seem to work with me. I couldn't find the space and the time. Um, and for me, uh, I think one thing that I learned early on, and it's when I think about systems it's about finding systems that work for you so the method that i found for the way that i write books might work for some people um, but uh, might not work for others but you'll definitely get some ideas from it so the way that i write a book is uh, first thing i do is i have a little bit of a think about well what are the messages that i want to get across almost like writing an outline and then i end up selecting um, a, a date when i'm going to run an event so I, I think um, this is pre-COVID that both of um, my, my last books were done. So I think of a physical event and I invite a group of people to that where I'm effectively going to present the book. Um, and I start off with that outline. I think of the different sessions as though they're going to be chapters. And by picking a particular date, it's that line in the sand that forces me to make sure that I've got the content ready to go because I know I'm going to have a room full of people that are going to be wanting to learn more about whatever that, that thing is. So this particular method probably works um, particularly well for nonfiction books, but there's probably going to be some ideas here that you'd be able to take for fiction books. Um, then the event arrives and I present and I go through, I just find that easy because with the set date, it's like a positive constraint that forces me to act. Then we record that event. So we capture all of the video and then that video, we strip out the audio. That audio then gets transcribed. That transcription goes to a ghostwriter. And then the ghostwriter writes version one of the book. And then it comes back to me for my first sort of way through. So it's a great way. I remember when I first tried 
to write my first book and I was staring at a blank page and someone told me that I need to write at least 50,000 words. And I was like, oh, how am I ever going to do that? And I just couldn't get myself over it. But I found when I was working from the transcript or, or the first version from the ghostwriter, even though uh, I ended up basically rewriting the whole thing anyway, like I didn't really, like I went through line by line, I found it infinitely easier to work with something uh, that was based on my material than just working from a, a blank page. And then, yeah, the, like the final couple of stages, you do a little bit of backwards and forwards with the ghostwriter and then we take that final version and then it goes through to the editor and, and then you go through that process. But that that's the way that I write books. And it is a gold mine. It doesn't matter if you write fiction or nonfiction. It's a gold mine when you learn how to talk out your book because I'm right there with you. It is ever so much easier to edit content than to create it on the blank page. Now, some people who have world building sort of fictional books, uh, they really like the process of starting from the blank page. But if you ever get stuck, I highly recommend that you have somebody ask you questions about your world building. And so that's what I recommend to authors to have an event, have them talk about the world that they are building and have a bunch of people asking them questions from a mic. And that's how they do their events is we're getting ready to write the next book. We're building a world. Ask me some questions. And if they don't know the answers, they go, hmm, haven't thought about that part of it yet. And so it works for fiction or nonfiction uh, with that regard. Mm. So you just have to find those avid readers who are like they love interacting with authors, you know, because they want your story. So, so you started off with author content and you make these events. You take the transcript, you work through it that way. So one of the things I'd like to know, though, is how did you come up with the system? I mean, you didn't just think well, one day, hey, you know, let's have an event and I'll do it this way. This system sounds pretty beautiful, but very polished. So how mm. did you start? <laughs> Definitely rough around the edges. And I initially didn't think about it turning into a book. Um, I... I actually did it reverse. I have one other book, but I don't really talk about it that much. Um, it, it was more of a study guide for um, a particular stock market package that I was using. It was called the Metastock Programming Study Guide. And I wrote this manual and the book came first in that instance or the, the workbook. And it was slow and painful for me to write it. And then when I got to the end of writing that book and it was ready, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's doing quite well in my immediate community, people who know me, but then how do I get the word out beyond that? And that's when I thought, okay, well, maybe we need to run little workshops and we'll run workshops based on the material. So then I started running these little workshops and we would record those, those videos. Then we would chop up into pieces and we'd upload to YouTube. And it was a great way as well. Like the audience found that particularly interesting to get a video bit of content and that might be their first introduction and then they would go deeper and go oh what's he talking about oh this study guide then I'd buy it so it's, it started off that way but then I ended up flipping on it on its head and said oh how about we do it the other way we run the workshop first and then that helps to create the book and then we still go through the same process of repurposing those videos and I mean it would work just as well for fiction as non-fiction writers as well like your audience loves to see this behind the scenes and understand more about the author and having you 
tell that story or walk that through is something of particular interest to them and it'll deepen your relationship with them. And oftentimes it's something, I mean, I get people tell me, oh, I feel like I know you when we chat because they've watched a few videos, yet we haven't actually really spoken. And and what's happened is they've just watched some of the content online. So regardless of what you're doing, using that video component is really helpful to, to deepen that connection with your readers. And I know I've, I've talked to some authors who are just horrified of ever getting on video to do anything. It's, it's just so invasive in their mindset. You know, they're just like, I can't stand the thought of somebody videotaping me to which I'm like, hello, use a microphone and just record yourself, just hearing your voice. Right. And so even, so there's just a lot of fear factor that goes on. So did you have any fears when you were first writing the book about people hating it or whatever? Did you ever get stuck because of a subconscious? I think one of the things that I thought about was um, all of the benefits that would come from writing the book um, beyond just that one thing. So if someone didn't like the book, there's still a lot of other benefits. There's the positioning that comes from being an author. There's um, the, the content that we were creating, the fact that we could take that content and chop it up and turn it into little articles and those articles could live on the blog. So in my head, I was kind of like, hey, writing this book ticks 10 different boxes and if the book doesn't happen to connect, I've still got six other or, or you know, 10 other things that, that might still make this a worthwhile endeavour. So it's kind of like a little mind hack for me to kind of get over this idea that, you know, all would be lost if if the book wasn't adored straight out of the gate. Right. We all we all wish it was adored, but there are times when you run into those people and nothing makes them happy. And I like the way you talk about there are so many other avenues or so many other things that I'm doing with the book that are the video, the audio, breaking up it into articles and blog posts that you don't have time to really focus on just one aspect and that keeps you out of that dark place. As they say, the dark night (laughs) of the soul for the author who's sitting there going, Oh dear God, launch day is tomorrow. Ah, you know, (laughs) right. Um, Well, so is there any advice that you would like to give fledgling uh, authors, people who are maybe just starting on their first one, any, any Mm -hmm. suggestions? Definitely. Uh, stress testing the material as much as you can before you actually go down to write it. So actually talk to people about it, try and either present the material or um, like I, I often think of great comedians, you look at great comedian and they deliver a joke and they make it sound like it's the first time they've ever said that joke and it comes so naturally to them and everybody laughs and they're like, oh, look how spontaneous they are. The truth of the matter is they've said that joke a hundred times before they've said it that first time. And that's how they've perfected what is good material, what is not good material. Yes, this one connected and landed. Um, And that's an important piece, I think, in the writing is to make sure that you're introducing some form of feedback loop to figure out what's landing and what's not. I I feel like you're not going to write, you know, the world's greatest book um, living in a room on your own with no contact to the outside world. um, And, you know, surprise, you're done. 
the exception to that rule might be someone like a Stephen King who has written God knows how many books, but he's written so many first that he's already got all of that feedback loop in his brain. So now he's working from that base, but he wouldn't necessarily have started that way. He would have had to have got feedback over the year to know over the years to know what's connecting and and what's not. So I feel like that's a, a really important piece. And I'd like to circle back around to something you mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast. And that was, you mentioned, I didn't have space and I didn't have time to do it in uh, in a way to write your books in a way that was, uh, I for, forgive me for saying this normal, like, you know, the way what you were seeing, the way people were educating you on how you should write a book. And you're like, no way, that's not going to work for me. I'd like you to talk about you didn't have space. What exactly do you mean by that? Mm-mm. I think uh, all of the best ideas for you as an author and a business owner happen when you've got time to think. But in the world that we live in right now, with the pull on people's attention, whether it's social media, if you're a business owner, whether your family things that you need to attend to, there are things just pulling at your attention left, right and centre and it's very easy just to be full and you can't really create just when you're full. There has to be some level of space there. So that's a big thing of what I see about systems and and that's a lot to do with my second book, Systemology, um, is this idea that you create systems to ensure that certain tasks that need to happen there are certain recurring activities in your life and in your business that just need to happen for you to be a functioning person or have a functioning business and you want to systemize all of those things so they just happen they happen consistently into the appropriate standard and then what that does is that creates the space because now a lot of that those mundane repetitive tasks that might not necessarily fuel the creative um, now can happen with some consistency and potentially have other people handling them, which then gives you the space to really be creative. And I remember one of my businesses was a video production business. And when we, when I started that business, I didn't know how to operate a camera. Like I'm not a camera operator. And I started this, business because we had a lot of people in the digital agency say oh can you make videos for us so we got a videographer and I remember the very first job we went on we spent the entire car ride and he was saying things like oh did I bring the batteries did we email the client to let them know not to wear checkered shirts because it doesn't look very good on camera oh did I bring uh, that extra lens like he had all of these things in his head where he's kind of like oh I, I I need to make sure that I'm well prepared. And we had that discussion in the car on the way there. It was about a 45 minute ride. Then I remember thinking, wow, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I helped him create a checklist. So every time he went on a shoot, he would have a pre-shoot checklist where he would make sure his batteries were charged, that he would have a kit all ready to go, that he would have known that the client had been emailed with the right details. And about six months later, I went on another shoot with him and the car ride there was entirely different. We, we, spent the time talking about the creative aspects of the shoot. He was saying what shots he wanted to get, how he wanted to elicit the responses from the actors and the people that were involved in it. He was talking about how the storyline was going to go. And it was all of the creative stuff that he didn't have space 
to focus on last time, he now, because he'd done all of his pre-thinking, he had that space. And that's really stuck with me now about how systems and processes actually uh, increase creativity, where it's kind of like people often think, oh, no, systems and process reduce creativity. But the reverse is true. You you systemize all of the mundane tasks to make space for the creative tasks. And one of the things that I was going toward with your creating space, which you stated beautifully, is I had to create space so that I would get out into my garden. Because when I get out into my garden, that's when I can think. Because all I'm doing is pulling weeds and I'm moving dirt around and all that. It's all very physical. And so much of the work that we do uh, is sitting behind a computer screen or, you know, behind a screen of some kind. And so being able to get out and about is very helpful. And so I love that you, you mentioned the fact of what created the space was the fact that I used systems so that I could then have time to just sit and think. And believe it or not, there are people like David and myself who both create time literally where it's just time to sit and think, to be creative or to train ourselves or to read that next book just so that we can be doing something that isn't in the details of our current business. So any last thoughts you want to leave us with before we Mm. get ready to close out this session? Look, I think just as long as we kind of sparked that fire in someone to rethink about systems, like that's my mission at the moment. I know it seems a little bit funny when we're kind of talking about the process of writing a book, but I see everything as a system. You need to find your system and your approach for the way that you write a book that works for you, that makes it easy for you to do your best work. You need to think about the systems and the processes in your life and in your business that you can then capture some of these repeated recurring tasks that must happen. Uh, That's my mission these days is to get people re-excited about systems because, you know, people like uh, Janine and I are probably the rare breed. There There aren't very many people who are in the creative space that get excited by systems. For some reason, there's this belief that, you can't be a systemized person and a systems thinker and also be creative. And I, I want to make sure that people know it's not mutually exclusive. You can actually be both and they can actually be very complementary. Um, and if you have that bent or at least relook at it, um, I'm confident it will open up a, a new world of creativity for you. And one of the things I like to share with people, because I've been in automation and robotics for so many years, is that if a system isn't working for you, make sure that it was your own to begin with. Like you are the one that created that system. And that as you move through the different phases of your life, just like David was talking about what he did for systems in his 30s and 20s is different from what he's doing currently. And that's one of the things that's very important is as you move through phases of life, your systems have to change because you're evolving as not only an author, but as a as a business owner. So David, where can people go to look at the authority content, which was your first book? And and then mm. systemology, where do you recommend people yeah. go to find those books? Uh, for authority content and systemology, you can head just to Amazon. If you search either of those, like my name, David Jennings, it's J-E-N-Y-N-S, you'll see me pop up as an author and then you can see both of those books. And then just for my latest work, which is kind of where I'm spending most of my attention these days, systemology.com forward slash book, that links through to social media and YouTube videos and the podcast if you like to listen 
and you want to explore a little bit more about this system's mindset as well. But systemology.com forward slash book or yeah, catch me on Amazon. Right. And I know we all love Amazon and we all love these other aspects, but I highly encourage you to visit authors websites because then that's when you get the freebie stuff that they are not allowed to share with you on Amazon. So you can go ahead and go to Amazon if that's where you got your free credits or whatever, but make sure you go back to David's systemology.com site because that's where he has so much free stuff so that you can really get your head around what he means when he's talking about systems that make your life better for you. Thank you, David, so much for sharing your passion and your mission with us today. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks for having us, Janine. You betcha. And this is Janine Bolin with the Writer's Hour, Creative Conversations, where you keep your feet firmly planted on the ground while you're reaching for that new story that you see in the stars. See you next Friday. Thank you for listening to the Writer's Hour. To hear more about the creative conversations that Janine Bolin is sharing with her listeners, please visit janinebolin.com forward slash guest. <laughs>